Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm super, super excited for our next guest, and I'm sure our listeners will be as well. We've, we're joined on the line right now by Karen Ko. Karen, it's great to speak to you today. How are you doing? I'm great, Noreen. It's been a long time. Uh, we've really missed being on the air with you. Yes, we miss you so much. And I'm sure our listeners have been missing the Agenda Cafe and just missing you uh, being in Hong Kong in, in general. Right now, you are yeah. in Australia. Yes. Uh, so I've been doing kind of the world tour of avoiding <laughs> quarantine. I guess you could call it that. So I, I've been out of Hong Kong since late July. I was in the U.S., And I was going to come back, but because of the three-week quarantine, which didn't exist when I left, well, it was changed after I left Hong Kong, I decided not to. So I'm now in um, sunny Melbourne, Australia, and was in Sydney for a month, and now I'm going to be here in um, Melbourne for a month. And for those of our listeners, uh, regular people who tune in will know that you're not shy of quarantine. I think you've done a few, a fair few quarantine exactly. stints. And we've, I, we've had you on the program before sort of sharing your, your journey. And you're always such a trooper. But uh, 21 days for, I don't know, third or the fourth time does sound yeah. quite taxing. I just felt, you know, that saying, fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me yes. twice. That if I do a third quarantine, what does that say about me? <laughs> it is quite, I mean, I've, I've never done a quarantine before, but it's quite mentally taxing, especially now. Um, the places that you'd be flying back from, say, a, a US and Australia and well, everywhere, you'd have to do some time mm. in Penny's Bay first and then transfer to the to 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 the hotel and the that's, hotel yes and that's if you don't have covid and then otherwise it'll be in the medical facility but we're seeing very strict measures at the moment exactly exactly and by contrast when i came to australia i had to isolate at home for 72 hours and and funnily enough 24 hours after i arrived i had to do a pcr test so i had to go out to do that test so i had to go to hospital and do the test and i came back home um and then after 72 hours you are free to go out into the community so i thought that was a much more humane way of of um traveling and and arriving somewhere so that's the reason why i'm not back in hong kong i I do have so much respect for people who are in quarantine uh, who've done their quarantine as well because it's really not easy being confined in in the same room sort of with not so much to do i mean sure you can keep yourself busy um but it's hard it's 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 not natural right it's not really natural for someone to be indoors for that longer period and and also the problem in hong kong is in many of the hotels you can't even open the windows so you don't get any fresh air you don't hear anything it's really you're in a hermetically sealed room and given the fact that omicron is so transmissible um i think one guy got it because he was living in the opposite room to another infected passenger who'd arrived back so the the experts are saying no way should you be really opening doors or windows no and also but still it's a danger it's it seems like the longer you stay in hotel quarantine, the more likely you are to get COVID from somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Well, we hope, I I think the rest of the world hopes this will go away. I certainly hope this will all go away so we can welcome you back. We have a brand new studio waiting for you here. Um, Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) um, So let's talk about some news in Australia. I'm sure a lot of you have been following this. I've been following this. Novak Djokovic um, and and the saga there. What's happening there? What are sort of the reactions there? He's um, created quite the storm. He has. So um, so I'm in Melbourne, you know, and he arrived here last week. I believe it was Wednesday night. And, of course, was taken to this – first he was held in custody at the airport and then the next day he was taken to this immigration hotel. And basically, uh, you know, his visa was cancelled, his legal team appealed. Yesterday was the case which was at the um, Federal Circuit Court and it was a live-streamed proceeding – uh, I couldn't get on the live stream and so could not most people because it was overwhelmed by people wanting to watch the proceedings. So th- there was quite a lot of technical problems with it. And of course, at the end of the day, you know, he that that first uh, decision by the border force was overturned by the court and he was told he was allowed to stay. However, in the last 24 hours, we have other issues coming up um, and plus the public reaction. So for on the legal side, there's two things going on. One, the Australian immigration minister still could cancel his visa. And so he's still considering that. And he has no deadline. There's no time frame by which he has to make a decision. So considering the Australian Open starts next week on Monday – he could take his time and decide on Monday that, you know, sorry, I'm cancelling your visa. And another thing that just came up um, today was that uh, in order for anyone to come to Australia, you have to fill in this travel declaration form. And it's, it's just an online form that everyone has to fill in. And in it, you're declaring that you have stayed in one country in the 14 days leading up to your flight to Australia. So in Djokovic's case, that would be from December December 21st until January 4th when he landed in Melbourne. So he declared, or whoever filled out the form for him, declared, yes, I've only been in one place, and that place was supposed to be Spain. But now all these um, pictures have come out on social media that appear to show him in Serbia over Christmas, which of course was within that 14 days. So now that's like a border force is now looking into, you know, when were those pictures taken? Were they actually taken over Christmas or were they taken way before and then posted over Christmas? So so this is another sort of um, new development that that's keeping everybody on their toes. And then meanwhile, you have people here very divided. You have the Serbian community wanting to support Novak Djokovic and gathering outside the, his lawyer's office last night, mobbing a car in which they thought he was traveling in and the police ended up having to use pepper spray to to disperse the mob. And then you have other people who are saying, if he's not vaccinated, he shouldn't play. I mean, 97% of the world's top 100 players are fully vaccinated and people just don't feel like they want to, they don't take kindly to celebrities and athletes who, who get exemptions. And mm. I think that's particularly also because Melbourne has gone through these repeated, really long lockdowns and 
the only way out of the lockdown was vaccination. So when someone comes in and says, I'm not vaccinated, yeah, they don't really feel very sympathetic. <laughs> Especially when that person is a sort of a top athlete and coming there to basically win some money. <laughs> you know, he's going right, to come here exactly. to try and win $3 million. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of talks and a lot of backlash is also, and I see it um, on, on a lot of uh, social media sites, is that he's now seen as a, as a symbol for freedom. He's now seen as a symbol to represent uh, the oppressed refugees, for example, people <laughs> who are detained. Um, and I'm, I'm not... sure he is not feeling any of that at all. He just wants to win his 21st Grand Slam title. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. He just wants to play tennis. You know, because he, you know, he wanted to win that 21st Grand Slam last year at the US Open and he lost. I actually was at the US Open in September and I saw him in the semifinal, which he won over um, Alexander Zverev. But he lost the final and, and that was a big deal for him because that was going to be his 21st Grand Slam and if he'd won it, it also would have been a calendar Grand Slam and the last person to do that was Rod Laver in 1969. So, oh, wow. so the US Open was going to be a huge deal for him and when he lost that, I think his sights were now like, okay, Australian okay. Open. <laughs> That's why chance. he's fighting tooth and nail to make sure he 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 gets to play. It it's quite exactly. interesting. Um, I, I was reading up more about him, and I've got to say, I I do admire Novak on on another level. He speaks many many languages fluently. Um, so within his sort of busy schedule, he speaks I me mean, speaks English, he speaks um uh, French and Italian, um German. Um, and he, he often records messages in Chinese and Japanese, Korean, uh, for all his other fans. I'm not sure if he's fluent in those right. other languages, but he's definitely fluent in five languages. And it's amazing yeah. to, to, I mean, that, that I, I, I think, wow, that, that's. And sort of a cool yeah, aspect of, of him and also his athleticism. Um, but, and um, he's, he's yes, very sorry. charismatic too. Yes. Yeah. But he's not very well liked in the U, uh, in, in the, in Australia. I was reading he's not so popular there. Am I reading it wrong or is I, it because of this incident? I think, I think he's definitely very admired for his sporting skills and, and also the fact that, you know, he does have that charisma and he's also quite funny. I mean, he's the one who does, impressions of other tennis players and, yes. and other celebrities. He's actually very good at it. But I do think that, you know, given what uh, Victoria and Melbourne went through and with COVID, he, you know, he could use his his influence, Stardom. his role, yeah, to, to be a wonderful role model for vaccination, for example. Um, so people just feel like this rubs the wrong way. It's sort of everything that Australia is trying to not not promote. And, you know, when you think about, for example, the situation in Hong Kong with Nicole Kidman last year coming in and not having to oh, quarantine, yeah. a similar kind of thing, you know, similar, similar feeling of like, oh, this, this famous athlete gets special treatment while everybody else was locked up in lockdown for over six rounds of lockdown and the only way we could get out of it was vaccination yeah. but this one guy can't get vaccinated you know so there's definitely that sort of feeling right now about him
Exactly. There's one rule for, for, for one and another rule for, for the other people. And just going back on some of the really strict COVID measures here in Hong Kong, um, I, I've been sort of reading how some people are, are trying to fly back from overseas because uh, parents are, are, are essentially dying here in Hong Kong and they just want to come back and yeah. there's just no way around it. It's so strict. And people scratching their heads, should they do washout in, in other countries? But because we've got an ever sort of changing rule, um, mm. every day new countries are being added to to to, to the a to, to the list a it's so hard to book your washout countries yeah it's 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 really impossible and it, i feel like both people who are in hong kong feel very trapped because if they have family overseas they may not be able to go to see visit. them because no. yeah eventually they have to come back and coming back is just so difficult and so unpredictable you know you've we hear stories of people rebooking flights 11 times because the flights are cancelled. Because they're cancelled, they exactly. Oh, yeah, so they can't sympathy. get a hotel. So, you know, one of the reasons I came to Australia was to be with my elderly mother. And yes. thankfully, I was able to see her for a full three weeks every day before her um, aged care home got locked down because of Omicron. Mm. So it's one of those things that if there's a window of opportunity, I feel you just have to take it and, and plan and go. But with Hong Kong, it just is so hard because you know you're going to have to do most likely three weeks quarantine. So trying to build that into your travel plan, if, if you have a parent who's dying, so they can't wait for that. You know, it's just exactly. it's a little bit inhumane, I think. And at the same time, I feel so torn because when I speak to my friends overseas, I'm like, oh, how was your Christmas or how was your New Year? They're, they're literally saying, just trying not to catch COVID. Whereas here in oh, Hong yeah. Kong, we, we are very safe. And, you know, we've got 30 odd cases right now and the measures are really strict. They feel too strict, but then we're also really safe. So right. it's, it's yeah, like yeah. you can't have it well, both. <laughs> yeah, both interestingly, um, my family who are in the US, my husband and, and three sons, uh, three out of four of them did get COVID over Christmas. And How it are they did feeling? Mean, so they're all feeling fine. And during it, uh, you know, my husband's triple vaccinated, the kids are double vaccinated. They all described it as, as like having a cold or a flu. Yes. So runny nose, cough, fever. It lasted uh, at m for my older son at most one week. And then for the others, it was like four or five days. Mm. And of course, they don't, they have a vague idea of how they got it. But it just obviously is incredibly it's, it's so hard to Yeah, it's so hard to, yeah. to, to track and trace. Um, yeah. And but that's it, the but thing. The, the, the narrative should be focused. I mean, right now in Hong Kong, the narrative is we shouldn't get COVID. And of course, we shouldn't get COVID. But then what's it like mm. having COVID? Um, I, I don't think people are that worried about catching COVID. I think people are more worried. I get the feeling that they're more worried about sort of being a close contact and then having to be sent to Penny's Bay and then yes. being sort of isolated. And then if you do have COVID, sort of being locked up um, indefinitely yeah. in the medical facility. Um, and I think that's the daunting part. I think catching COVID, for, for some people, it can be definitely deadly. This is not us making light of the situation. But if no, you are no. vaccinated and for most healthy and fit people, um, chances are you make a full recovery. 
Um, and I've, I've heard reports and I've heard people, I've heard friends who just say, yeah, it's like a, it's like a cold. It's like a flu runny right. nose, sometimes with no symptoms. And I'd be, yeah, I'd be interested to, yeah. to see what it's like to recover from COVID. But I think the thought of catching COVID and being sent away is far scarier. I think so too. I mean, I think if I want to catch it, I want to catch it here where I can just stay home oh, and no. take care of myself rather than in Hong Kong where I'm going to be sent to. I hope no one catches it. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope I don't. But, you know, it's in, 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 in Australia right now, it's almost like, you know, you feel like you're part of Squid Game or something yeah. where everyone around you has it, you think. I and, haven't seen and, it, but I, I have an idea of what it's about. I wonder yeah, for our listeners, like a, would you rather catch COVID or sort of the thought of being locked up? I think I'm more right. scared about being locked being up. Locked up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because oh. the, the protocol here is that if you get sick, if you don't need hospitalization, then just take care of yourself at home, you know, in the same way that you would if you had the flu. Just stay home, isolate, sleep, rest, get lots of fluids. And, you know, if you're vaccinated, hopefully you have a mild case and then you get better. So, uh, you know, I think that's what people are doing here. And, And here in Australia now, it's so hard to get tested because the demand is overwhelming and people are, people were queuing up for hours uh, to try and get a test and for the drive-in centres, sometimes they would close 15 minutes after they opened because they just ran out of tests. They couldn't They couldn't sort of, they didn't have the capacity. Uh, so now that people are being asked to do rapid ante- antigen tests at home, but you can't buy them. They're out of stock at every pharmacy. So we just walk around with masks on, you know, trying to avoid people. That's, that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So speaking of masks, um, everybody in Hong Kong, as you know, Karen, I think uh, Hong Kong people are very good at uh, wearing masks indoors and outdoors. Uh, w- what's it like in Australia? I- I'm seeing some pictures of people wearing masks and some people sort of outside not wearing masks. I mean, is there a mask mandate there at the moment? So in in both New South Wales and Victoria, there's an indoor mask mandate. So if you're in indoor spaces like shopping centres or offices and on public transport, you have to wear a mask. So today I was in the city in Melbourne. I had to go in to do something. And I'd say there were actually quite a lot of people on the street outdoors who were wearing masks. And maybe because that's, they were going they were going in and out of buildings. And definitely in the buildings that I was in, everybody was wearing a mask. Um, but I took the train... Um, home and in my carriage of about maybe 12 people there there was one guy who was not wearing a mask um <laughs> oh so, <laughs> and did people sort of go up to him and say hey you know no <laughs> nobody said anything i i was sort of like should i say something is it, <laughs> but, is it in hong kong oh i don't know karen you know you don't want to yeah, maybe not <laughs> yeah you it's it's so tricky overseas i don't know what, what what the situation is like overseas but in hong kong definitely you can tell people hey pull on put, put, you know pull yeah. up your mask and people like, oh yeah yeah sorry yeah there is a, also a lot of um not quite correct mask wearing here so a lot of people wearing their masks under their nose oh. uh, do that fairly regularly and but it just depends. I, I, I've actually been kind of pleasantly surprised that most people are pretty good at it mm. most of the time. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I do think it's something that 
it was just recently reintroduced. So so people have had a couple of months of not having to wear masks. And so there's a bit of resistance to going back to it. But overall, I'd say people are pretty good at keeping to the mask mandate. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Do, do you feel safe there, Karen? Or are you trying to like just, you know, keep yourself I, to yourself? Yeah, I do. I mean, I... Fortunately, in both Sydney and in Melbourne, I can get around by driving, so I'm not on public transport that much. And I do, I am kind of aware if I'm in a shopping centre or somewhere that's where there are more people, I I generally try to stay away from people because you mm. just don't know. And and the issue for me is that I'm staying at my sister's place, and my niece, who's eight, is not yet vaccinated. She's actually going to get vaccinated this Sunday, so. I'm, you know, trying to here while I'm here, trying to not get COVID because I don't want to spread it to her. And then when I was in New South Wales, of course, I didn't want to spread it to my mother. So yes. we were so you're quite very careful. Yeah, uh, we were quite careful. I mean, we went to the beach and we went to the skate park and we did lots of outdoor stuff, but tried to minimize the time that we spent indoors. So, yeah, it's it's really one of those things. It's trying to get a balance between living a life and also trying not to get COVID. So exactly. So far, and plus, you just came back from the US as well. So I get the impression is sort of more uh, people are a little bit more relaxed, especially with mask wearing. Um, because I have, yeah. I, I know people who sort of um, say moved to the UK or went to the UK, um, and they were just surprised at the level of non-mask wearing. Um, uh, Queenie, for example, um, who mm-hmm. used to work here, she, she's like, "Oh my goodness, why isn't anybody wearing a mask?" <laughs> and it's right. that sort of Right. culture shock if you like or mass yeah. culture shock um and i think and she's yeah. like, i really miss hong kong and how disciplined people are it just depends on which place you've just come from and 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 how everybody else behaves and then it takes a bit of yes. getting used to yeah exactly exactly and i also think that because so many people in the u.s had covid in the previous um variant they they feel oh i'm not going to get it again so i don't need to wear a mask Aww. so there there's a little bit of that attitude as well but i do know for example a friend who lives in hong kong who told me yesterday that her brother who lives in florida has had covid three times three so, times yeah the first round pre-vaccination which was quite bad and then second round he got the alpha I'm um, oh, sorry, the Delta variant, and then I think he recently got Omicron. So it, it's just the nature of his work is he's exposed to a lot of people. And so, you know, three times is kind of crazy, but it, it happens. And so maybe there's just not as much fear there of getting it because if people have had it and they've recovered, then they feel, okay, I'd rather not have it again, but it's not the end of the world if I do have it. Mm. And with vaccination, maybe they also feel, okay, I can put up with a seven-day flu-like sickness and come through on the other end. So, yeah, so it's everybody's different. I I think that's the thing you sort of realise. And I have met some people who I know who are not vaccinated and and these are well-educated people and you ask them why and they they say I don't want to be forced into it or I want to wait the the freedom yeah (laughs) yeah or just waiting to see a better vaccination that won't need boosters um just skeptical about 
you know, is this, are they really going to work? And I, and I think because people are getting infected with Omicron who are vaccinated, this gives them fuel for their argument. So yeah. it's hard to talk to those people about this. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, just, we just have to wait to see how this plays out. But I really, really hope that um, some of our, uh, the, the government, the Hong Kong government, that we're going to uh, review um, these measures by the end of this week and just to see where we are at. And who knows? Um, at the moment, schools, uh, they've just announced that sc- uh, primary schools and kindergartens will be closed. Uh, face-to-face uh, classes will be suspended um, until the Lunar New oh, Year. No. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Homeschooling, here we come again. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be oh. a lot of uh, drinking amongst parents. I've had right, so many exactly. mum groups just saying, oh, I'm going to take a sabbatical and just drink heavily. Uh, we're not yeah. condoning that, but um, it's a joke. Listeners. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, Karen, it's so lovely to, to hear your voice and to catch up with you. And thank you so much for sharing what's happening in Australia. It's so interesting just to see, you know, where uh, the rest of the world are. Uh, how they're doing in terms of COVID developments. Yeah. And let's just hope we'll have yeah. some better news the next time we speak. I know. I wish, you know, we're all wishing that we wish someone could just tell us, okay, it's over because it's just gone on so long and nobody thought we would still be talking about this and living it nearly, what, three years later. Yeah, <laughs> but- I just didn't expect it. Oh, well. Well, someone out there will have a crystal ball and be able to tell us. Uh, Meanwhile, Karen, thank you so much. And I look forward to catching up with you again when you're back in Hong Kong. Thank you so much. Thanks. Great to talk to you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.